All right, here we go. Ready? Okay. You sure you're ready, Hassan? Uh, let me just text my mom. <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah, I think we should be recording while he's texting his mother. Hey. Let me know when you're ready. And good. Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast, a multi generational discussion of movies. Welcome to the party, pal. I'm Ralph Quartucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Hassan Hassan. And I'm Al. Al always has to do that little break. Uh, I did a break this time, too. After our uh, plethora of horrible. Nasty movies we've done. We finally picked one that we think is going to make everybody happy. It's a happy movie. Sean, uh, this is Sean's idea. Uh, Sean, explain the movie. Uh, actually, first, introduce the guests that you brought for this movie. Okay, well, the first... Movie. What's the movie first? The movie is That Thing You Do, that zany film from 1996, directed and written by Tom Hanks about a, about a band in Erie, Pennsylvania that has a one-hit wonder. And rides themselves to the top and self-destructs. The Oneiders. The Oneiders. The Oneiders. The Oneiders. Yes. Actually, the Oneiders. Yeah, Oneiders. Right. Yeah. And um, we're going to discuss this film first with our fifth Beatle, Wojo. <laughs> She's basically an official member now. Actually, well, kind of. And the thing is, Wojo's actually coming down to talk about another movie. But when she heard we're doing this, she said, "Oh, let me do this one too." So. <laughs> And as you'll discover during our discussion of the movie uh, Body Heat, I have—I never say no to a woman. I would have killed her husband. I'm just telling you right in advance well. right now. And also, our other guest is um, noted director Lee Bonner. And let me tell you about one of the reasons why Lee Bonner is here. Let me quote from Mark Lewison's book, The Beatles, All These Years, Volume 1, Tune In. This is from page 400 and something. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles' intense drive to stay one step ahead of every rival, and there were already at least 50 clear, was taken to extremes by Paul in July-August 1962, when sleuthing songs unknown or unconsidered by others. A good find was Nobody But You, a B-side by a group from Towson, Maryland, called the Lafayettes. Beyond, beyond a mawkish introduction, Lee, what were you thinking? This was a strong call and response number in the style of Kansas City. So Lee Bonner here, who was with the uh, local Baltimore band, the Lafayettes, the Beatles used to um, used to sing one of his songs, and that was just the B side. That was the B side. That's and right. the A side. I remember I was reading an article with Robert Plant, uh, where he was talking about another one of the songs the Lafayettes recorded called um, Caravan of Lonely Men. And I called Lee up immediately and said, Lee, I can't believe it. I'm reading an interview with Robert Plant, and he's talking about one of your songs. And you know what Lee said? Who's Robert Plant? <laughs> <laughs> and like Marshall Crenshaw, if you remember him from the 80s, specifically requested to record when he recorded up in New York at the studio where Lee recorded their main song, uh, Life's Too Short. Which, who was that other guy that was like a famous music producer who like plays your song in a documentary about his life? He uh, did like some stuff with uh, YouTube well, John, and Bowie. John Waters used it. Yeah, John Waters used it. It was in the uh, movie um, Hairspray. Hairspray. Yeah. And it was also in Diner. So, yeah, Lee, yeah, it was so Lee is a one-hit wonder. Or a couple Lee, of hits, it sounds well, like. Here, so, you know, but he, so, well, Lee and I have a deeper relationship than that, too, possibly. Okay. Oh. Because... Um, <laughs> Lee rose to fame on a talent show in Baltimore on something called the Buddy Dean Show, which was sort of like American Bandstand. It was in Philadelphia. And Lee told me he, he played on um, 
played on the Buddy Dean show. And I go, I go, really? That's cool, because my mother used to be a dancer on the Buddy Dean show. And he goes, oh, I might be your father. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that explains our relationship. Dad? We have similar goatees, and I'm almost as gray. I wish I had his thin jeans. But, oh, my you know, God. But after he left music, Lee became a director. He is... Um, He's directed, um, he was a great award-winning commercial director, and um, then he went on to television directing shows like Homicide and The Practice and oh, all yeah. sorts of other shows, too. You know, you now he's yeah. in our basement on the pool table. Now he's <laughs> in our basement on the pool table. How far are you and following? The most important thing Lee directed was um, my first produced feature film, which he co-wrote, called 21 Eyes. And we've written, ding, ding, ding. We bring yes. that one up every time. Yeah. When are we going to do that? Wait a minute. Did we, I mentioned with the Beatles. Didn't oh, the, do they need oh, one? Geez. Yeah. Come Robert on. Plant. Yeah. Lafayette. Lee. Lee. So, um, All right. So let's look. But at, around this time, I was working with Lee on something, and we both loved this movie when it first came out. Okay. So let's watch a movie. Let's watch a preview. Get us in the spirit here. Um, and then, you know, Lee, jump in if there's any, you know, any uh, stuff you want to talk about, how these hits happen and what goes on. Guy Patterson didn't have a perfect job ah. or a perfect social life. What's going on down there? Cooking the books as usual, Dad. But what he did have oh. ah. was perfect timing. How about sitting in for Chad just for tonight? Why? Just broke his arm. And in one night. That's too fast, Guy. Slow down. Guy Patterson is going to take the wonders from Garage I almost slugged some girl. She had her eye on me, Jimmy. To greatness. Here's somebody I want you to meet. Mr. White is with Playtone Records. That thing you do, you know, is snappy. We'd like to release it. We'd be on tour? Well, Mama, son who loves you just left us in the lurch. Darlene, you just got promoted. You mean you're gonna start paying me? I didn't say that. America's own wonders! Put that down. That is a very expensive floor display. We bow, and we're off the stage before the applause dies out. It's very important you don't stink today. Hey, I make no guarantees. You guys look great in red. Have I told you that yet? Come on, pretty baby. You got the number seven record in the country. <laughs> He's got a very pretty girlfriend, doesn't he? Is it serious, you know? Very serious. I'm single. What about the bass player? You fellas look great in gold. Have I told you that? What about Guy there? Oh, he's amazing. Amazing. 20th Century Fox presents... This is Mr. White. Are you sleeping? Just calling to tell you to get your patootie down to the television studio. You're going to be on TV tonight! Oh, a story about the time in every life... When the hopes you hold on to... Very special, isn't she? And the dreams you dream... None of this would have happened if you hadn't joined the band. ...become that thing you do. That thing you do. Written and directed by Tom Hanks. Look fabulous in the black suits. Have I told you that? Hi. Fabulous in the black suits. I want to say one other connection I have to this movie. Uh -huh. It's my hometown, Stoughton, Massachusetts. The guy who did the original vocals for that thing you do, mm -hmm. his name is Mike Oliver, uh, was credited as additional vocals because they didn't want people to think that those guys didn't actually sing it. So he's actually the voice of Which that thing you do. 
I mean, they did, but... No, they lip-synced a lot of it. Yeah. They filled it in, mm -hmm. but this guy, Mike Oliver, is the main voice, so that's my little Stoughton, Stoughton connection. Stoughton, Stoughton Massachusetts. Yeah. And yeah. I have a connection to the film, too. Other than Lee? Just put the bell down here, no, will you? Because... No, no. Because <laughs> one of the DJs, glasses. Clint Howard, was in my film, Holy Man Undercover. Oh, my God. Holy Man Undercover. Hey, and I, I tell you what, if we had... Um, What's his name? Matt Richards here, you know, the producer at Black Dynamite. He produced a film with Jonathan Sheck called The Poker Club, too. So there's a lot of Jonathan Sheck. He's the, he's the lead singer. He's, he's the arrogant okay. lead singer. Okay, so let's talk about the movie. Okay, I just love this movie. You know, I'm. How many people here in this thing have been in a musical group? I mean, if you if you count like. You know, if you call elementary and middle school, yes. <laughs> oh, you're a band? Yeah. What, what did you what play in band? I, I played alto sax. <laughs> and uh, I also was in a drum group for a little bit. A drum group? Yeah. Like drum line kind of thing? One of those things? No, I was more hand drummy stuff. Okay. okay. Sort of like smoke pot? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was, you know, 14. Oh. <laughs> That's what I did. All right. They would, no, so, they would uh, drum the Hellraiser. I, it, I thought, actually, I, I assumed you were like in like a rock group because you're sort of our music guy. Oh, no. So. Sorry, I just. <laughs> and you know what? It's interesting that you played in the horn section. Well, the, the, reason, the reason I played alto sax is because I grew up listening to Stilly Dan, which has amazing sax lines. <laughs> What's going on? It's going. The GoPro's going. Oh. Okay. And also uh, because of Bill Clinton. Okay, so Bill Clinton inspired, <laughs> saxophone, you, to he inspired you to do the yeah. saxophone? Smoke cigars too? No. Oh. How about boxers? <laughs> I, I don't want to say that, uh, but I'm glad you said it instead. Well, we just, you know, we always have to bring up some sort of sexual harassment in this podcast. Yeah, because we are woke here. We are woke, you know. <laughs> Sean is very woke. So we're back. So back to the, the movie is fantastic. No, the music is, you know, it's a happy movie. What I, I really, it's, it's a very happy movie. It really. I mean, I was a kid around the time this movie. I think this. What year is this? Is set? Ninety-six. No, no. When the movie is set. Oh right. Okay. It looks like it's, it's, it's past 60. Beatles because they mentioned the Beatles. So I'd say it's sixty-five. It's in Sixty-four. Sixty-four. So mm -hmm. they were, I mean, I remember that style of music. I loved like when they had the. Um, the contest, you know, the talent contest, you had the folk girls, you yeah. know, because that was very popular. And you had the horn band, because, like, the Tijuana Brass was very popular. And all the music that they were playing, all the original music that they were playing, you know, on the radio and all, just was just so evocative in that period, of which I was just a very small child in. But, you know, as much as um, the 70s lasted in Pittsburgh, as you said on one of the things, you know, that element of the 60s stayed in Hamilton for quite a while, you know, up, in, up into the 70s. You know, we were late getting into the 70s, I think, in Hamilton. Hamilton, up here in Baltimore? Yeah, up in Baltimore. You know, so, I mean, and also I love this whole band dynamic, you know, um, although I, you know. Explain to me why the drummer is always the one that either, you know, it's the Pete Best idea, or this drummer, first drummer broke his arm, Rabisi, yeah. right? He was, yeah. right? It's right down there. Yeah. Is such a small <laughs> so they replace it with Tom Everett Scott, yeah. who then creates the... The tempo of the band, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jimmy was writing all he the was a smart one. Right. But right. Why is the drummer always the linchpin in these? You know what they bands? call a drummer who breaks up with his girlfriend? Homeless. <laughs> Sorry, but, that's um, true. Where, where's the bass player jokes at? The yeah. one thing I, I liked <laughs> is because the player, one thing you like one thing in the movie. No, I like multiple okay. things. But the one thing I thought was funny was when they were playing at the club and the one groupie who was the kid. And, 
The boy, the guy. The, the, the girl. Oh, the girl. Yeah. The guy uh, too, she, he, she was talking to Steve Zahn, and then she's like, well, is the bass player available? Yeah. 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 It never happened. How serious are they? Very serious. They're gay. And what about him? No, they're, they're like, I'm single. He's married. Well, of course the joke the, is the, the bass player doesn't even have a name. Yeah, he doesn't have a name. Yeah, he's, he's credited with TB, yeah. the bass player. And it's funny how that, I missed that the first time through. And, um, but, you know, I've always played in, like, groups, a little ba a band called the Atomic Enema, you know, much like this, same sex The Atomic <laughs> Enema, really? Yeah. And uh, we just played, like, parties and things like that. a group band. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, does it capture, Lee, because you, you, you can tell us, does it capture what it feels like when that band is starting to create whatever they're, the, the music they're, you know? Yeah, I, to me, all of that was very believable. I mean, it was, everything that they did was the way it is. And how Tom Hanks knew all of that, I'm not sure. Did Tom Hanks play in a band? Huh. I, I don't know, know. Yeah. but he, he did a great did job. Capturing what the mood is like. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and everything. Just all the stuff in it is so good. Yeah. Yeah, the, he, ca he captures the moment, like you said, the, the years. He captures yeah. the... O'Neaters. The O'Neaters. Um, the high school, Hers. like the, the... You're talking about that contest. Yeah. I'm just only thinking of the girl with the... Yeah. Going yeah. up like that. How innocent everybody was. And yeah. you talk about the... The, the one girl that was in the groupie, but there was also the guy groupie that kept saying, oh, yeah, play that guy. thing you do. We want to yeah. dance yeah. with girls. We want to buy your records. And Yeah. Know, yeah, the Please. guy groupie got him to record the yeah. record. And, yeah. Um, you know, he, he was very influential. And I just love how many times they played that thing you do in this movie. Almost as many times as they played that Maxine Nightingale song. In well, yeah, and, but uh, did you get sick of that? Did you get sick of that thing? That thing no, that I did not get no, sick of that thing. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I kept thinking, here is I'm still not sick of it. A lot of times yeah. they play it's almost the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. right. Every time they had something new, they kept playing that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was the linchpin through the whole thing. And that's, you know, you, you see the drummer starting to slowly take over. Now, Tom Hanks, what was his name? Mr. White was yeah. directing that. He, he saw that guy was the going to be the leader, and he sort of set that whole thing up. Uh, and, he, and he knew where the fractions were going to happen. He knew what was going to. Yeah. So because for me it was interesting, like you even said when we were looking at your video before, that that guy on the right, he's just someone we brought in for. It's always interesting to me that other, like the wolf started to, yeah, to wolf, go for the yeah, base, wolf, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it didn't, there was still the, it was still the wonders and they were still part of the group. Right. I, so I love that when they bring that guy in, it's like, wait a minute, we've been together a while. Do you think you can play our song? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's no objection. Like, he's like, he's like, he's like, and they name like the 50 groups he's played with. Yeah, before. yeah, it's like, yeah. You know, I'm in the Thunders, I'm in the, you know, and um, so, Lee, did you guys, when you had your band, did you guys all play on the record or did they bring any session people in? Because you had, wait a minute, you had a, um, you had a big band, because you had like, how many horns? Well, when we did the record, we had two horns, an alto sax and a tenor sax. But over the years, the band changed. I was in the band for a lot of years, mm -hmm. and we, it, it just changed over the years. Different, so we had four different singers, uh, and we ended up with a horn section of a uh, trumpet, a, a, a trombone, yeah. and alto and tenor sax. On the record, was just the alto and tenor sax. They were the same people all along. Uh, the singer that you, we saw in this video here was a later singer, Sonny Rospack. The Frank Bonarigo was the singer on uh, on Life's Too Short. And he wrote co-wrote right the songs. Uh, he and I wrote Nobody But You. Uh, Phil Huth, who was not in the band, who, uh, wrote Life's Too Short with me. Mm -hmm. And Phil and I had written a lot of songs. And we uh, we took the 
we were in a Buddy Dean battle of the bands, and one of the judges was a guy from Leeds Music Corporation, was, which was the biggest music publisher in the world at that time. And he, because of him, we did nothing but original songs. And that's going to put you at an incredible disadvantage, because mm -hmm. A, our original songs are not as good as the big hits that the other bands in the contest are playing. And also, even many times, one of your favorite songs, you didn't like it the first time you heard it. So we were at a disadvantage, but this guy, Tommy Chianti, we Tommy wanted... Tommy Chianti. Yeah. And then the guy we met later was High Grill, what name? <laughs> but, but, but we did this for Tommy Chianti, and in the end, he said, bring your songs up to New York, we want to hear them. So in those days, you, you recorded them on wax discs, 78s, and uh, we would take them up, and they had this little old guy in his booth in the middle, like a phone booth, and he'd, he'd go and he'd close the door and he'd put the record down and we're all sitting there watching him and he listens and then we see him go like this. And, and then he comes and says, sorry, no, this is, doesn't work for us. And about the third or fourth time we went up, he, we give him the disc and it's nobody but you. And he puts it down and he's looking and all of a sudden he's going like this. Yes. And you can't imagine, <laughs> yeah. you know, how... How that yeah. hit us. They do that right in front of you? They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. It's like right this there. bizarre glass booth. And we couldn't hear <laughs> oh what he was God. listening to. It's like QC does. So they took us into the corner office, High Grill's office, and he said, we're, we, we're going to do this and we'll get you a record company. A standard record company. So who was the guy, the, get you a was the guy in the booth, a producer, or was he an engineer? I have it? no idea. All we know is he, they, they would give so the record to him. yes or no? Yeah, he did the thumbs up. Well, then he took it in and played it for High Grill. Okay, and High so Grill he heard it. And he was High Grill's assistant. He, yeah. yeah, and High Grill was the head guy at Leeds. So this was at Leeds Music. Leeds Music. Yeah. So we, we were 18, and uh, it and was legal to drink. Uh, we might have been kissed. I can't remember. <laughs> but but uh, it was legal to drink in New York, so we did a little celebrating that night. But you would. And the next morning, the phone rang. And by the way, a hotel room in New York City cost eight dollars and forty cents a night. And you Can you, you imagine? Yeah. I have a I have a copy. It's four hundred a night now. One of the bills. Don't tell the new EPA. Uh, four hundred. <laughs> but anyway, we got off. a call from this guy from RCA Victor, which was RCA Victor at the time, and he said we want to hear. We hear you're in town with a great song because one of my girlfriend's relatives in New York was married to this guy. Oh, my God. And she told him. So he said, we'd like to hear it. So drop it off at my secretary's. So we went down and went into the secretary's huge building on the Lower East Side. And we're walking up all these steps. And all of a sudden we hear, hello. And we look up and we're looking right up her bathrobe and <laughs> nightgown. And it's like, hello, hi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we Talking about high grill. <laughs> high grill. And so when we ended up eventually recording, we found out she was having an affair with the friends, with my girlfriend's relatives' husband. Hey, whatever so, yeah, it takes yeah. to get, whatever it takes oh, that's to fine. get that was Sounds fine. But we got, but what happened was, that was Nobody But You, which ended up being the flip side. Uh, a few days later, we got a call from... Hugo Peretti of Hugo and Luigi, who were producers at The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Lion Sleeps Tonight. Oh. Elvis Presley. Uh, I heard of him. Yeah. Sam Cooke. <laughs> Della yeah. Reese, Perry Como. Huge. I'm going to get one ring. Yeah, one yeah. is good. Okay. 
little name dropping, but yeah. <laughs> but he he called up and said, "Hey, we want to do your record. Let's not kid ourselves." Or he's some funny way he said it. And uh, we set it up, and I was with Phil Huth at the time, and we were so excited we went down the basement, got out the guitar, and wrote "Life's Too Short" right then, not having any idea that was going to be anything. But wow. that you know, just a fun coincidence, you know. And, and the other interesting coincidence was that the record did well in most cities, but not at the same time. And in that day, there was payola. Mm. And pay, the reason for payola was to get the... You talk to my clock. It's all right. Ah, She's payola, too. Oh, be quiet, Mofi. Cancel. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Did everybody turn their phone off? <laughs> She's got the phone, I know. She never talks. You, you triggered her. Someone, oh, I, her. I wonder what I said. I don't know. Payola, apparently. Payola must That's have been. It. Oh, I said it again. Turn off the alarm. Turn off the alarm. There you go. Well, Sorry so about that. <laughs> so, hey, we're in the basement. Uh, there you go to do? So, uh, Leeds Music Corporation was going to set us up with Jubilee Records, which was a very small record company who would have done payola. Uh, and the reason for payola is to get you played in New York. The I same mean, there's time somebody who's in charge in of payola at these companies. So somebody says, "I'm in charge of payola." I don't know they how don't that all works, okay. but I know that RCA it, was is too that big. The, is that what the manager was doing? That guy that they signed up with initially, he was doing the payola to try to get. Yeah, them on different the stations. The guy in the van? Yeah. yeah. No, a guy in a really nice camper. Yeah. 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 You keep saying payola, and I keep thinking peyote. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. not what it is. It's a, it's a different thing. Millennial. But, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure what he was doing, whether payola. I, don't, I well, think I'm it was, sure if they he was a, a he was a hook. Yeah, he was a hook. Like, he would hook them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sure if, um, I'm sure if this were a true story, and that song went from 98 to, to top 10, and like... Five weeks. There had to Mr. Be White was slipping. Yeah, they yeah. had to get it well, on the air. Well, they didn't get into that aspect no, of, course of the business. No. But the thing is, maybe they did in the extended version. No. They, yeah, maybe okay, they so did. Back, an extra back to your forty story. minutes. So you picked. So payola. The well, real job of payola was to get, get you played at the at same, same time, time in the it, major cities, so the record would rise well, all that, at the same time. That. So you know, we were number one in Paris, France. Probably because the Lafayettes was our name, and American music was popular all over Europe at that time. But we were number one in France. Mm -hmm. We were number. We only got to be number four in Baltimore because we had "I Can't Stop Loving You" by Ray Charles. We had "The Stripper," and we had what was it? <laughs> Some other. They were huge hits. You know, like like "I Can't Stop Loving You" was number one for like ten weeks. So we couldn't get through them. But we we got high numbers in in. All the major cities, but I think 75 or something is as high as we ever got on billboards, you know, the national mm -hmm. charts. You were very big in Croatia, though. Oh, probably. I was ever, <laughs> no, I was Maybe. ever Lee's house once, and he had out. He I don't so. know whether he left it out just to impress me, but it was a um, songwriting um, residual check for Croatian um, Oh, well, I see, I don't even remember that. That's funny. It did impress you. Yeah, well, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. Sean myself. found out in this bedroom <laughs> yeah, this drawer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you may not remember it because I took it with me. I was going to say, <laughs> that could be Lee it. excused yeah, himself to use the facilities, and Sean was like, yeah, my chance. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really weird in the movie how smooth everything was. Like, I kept on expecting someone, like one of their managers, to like betray them or... Screw them out no, the of whole, something. No, no, the whole point. You knew 
this thing was all leading to, to Guy and What's-Her-Name getting together. The whole point of this movie was, you know, as soon as Guy meets her... I thought it was the music. It's, yes, but, but it's yeah. ultimately because the way that you had... Some bomb had to drop, and you knew Jimmy was going to be the tool, yeah. and you knew those two were going to get together. But, but it is about the music business and how, how, like you're talking about when you guys got the... When that guy said yes on your thing, you were out drinking in New York City, because that scene where they first hear it on the radio... And they run down to that's Guy's store. Scene. It's just like that scene really gives me exciting. chills right now just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. How happy that scene is and their reaction to hearing it on the radio for the first time. Uh, I mean, that's got to be a little bit like you felt when the guy gives you the nod and you guys go out and party and go, oh, my God, we made it. Oh, right? yeah. And then just driving around and hearing it come on the radio yeah. in the car. It was amazing. Yeah. It was truly amazing. And, you know, we were just out of high school. So it yeah. it was that's these, that was the age of these guys. These guys were, yeah. like, I, think, I think, seniors or maybe out. And yeah, the excitement they had to hear it is, you know, it's got to be incredible. Yeah. So I, I have a question. When, when you were signing your contracts, did you actually ever talk to a lawyer, or did you just sign the contract that the record label gave you? Like, I think we just signed it. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. This is 1962. Did you actually ever make any money after that, or did they? We made a little bit of money, not a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But made a little bit. I made more than anybody because I got paid for writing. Right. And then since I dealt. With RCA, they named me the leader of the band, even though I wasn't. Our drummer was the one who was in the real world. Why the drummer? Okay, so drummer the smart one. He's the backbone. He was the oldest member of the band. He had been in the band before, and he just sort of took over and took charge. So I guess, like in the movie, you see them. There's a scene where they're playing on the giant record that says that thing you do, and it shows the writing credit that's Jimmy has the sole writing credit. Right. Mm -hmm. So he would have been making the most money out of the entire band. He would be making more money than the rest of the band. Exactly. Would would the drummer have also been making money because he's like the quasi manager, sort of, or not really? They didn't mention that aspect of things, and I just remember it because. Yeah. I wasn't really the band leader, but RCA had to pick somebody, and they picked me because I'm the one that dealt with them. You know, yeah. So. Well, it's sort of like the stupid scene is when, um, who's the guy, Steve Zahn, when they first talked about the song, and Jimmy says, my song, Steve Zahn goes, our song. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like it. It. But I tell you what, when your name doesn't appear on, the, um, doesn't appear on that label, right. guess what? It, that is Jimmy's song. I was and watching uh, all the money. a documentary yeah. about Queen talking about their writing stuff. And they, yeah. they specifically said that we would purposely make the other guy write a song so he would get a writing credit. They, they understood the business of yeah. if you're the writer, you get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's how you make the money. Is being, well, that's you know, sort of like even the Beatles. You know, they, any money they made performing, anything into their partnership, they all split evenly except the songwriting money. You know, so the songwriters are... You literally, you'll make more money on the song than you'll ever make on the record, you know. Right. So, you know, the songwriters make all the money, and I know some bands, a lot of bands, will break up because they're sick of it. The fact that the songwriter is making all this money, you know, and they're still struggling, or sometimes they break up. Like Van Halen, they gave group credit to all the songs, and then they broke up. You know, what's his name? Because they hated each other. Well, they, they, <laughs> they, well yeah, they really hated broad. each other. And Sammy Hagar. But David Lee Roth left because he was sick of um, the other people sharing in the songwriting money when they weren't really like the drummer and the bass player because they weren't participating in it. That's amazing how they... And then you get the Eagles. Well, they hated each other too, but what's his name? Uh, Glenn Fry. I was reading the one guy's book, um, Felder's book, and it's sort of like they called him word for a third Fry. Because every song that came through, he'd add something so that he could get a third <laughs> of the money. Um, he knew. He get a third of the money. There you, you know, go. So they called him word, you know... 
Well, word for a third fry. Well, that whole there's a whole scene too. We talk about printing the wax where they they're in with Rick Rick Isaacs. Is that he plays yeah, the Chris uncle? Isaac. Chris, Chris Isaac. Isaac. Chris Isaac. Chris Isaac in the church. My wife in the church. Yeah. yeah. So he pressed the he pressed the wax that yeah. the guy. I think in the he band. was just re he was recording to reel to reel. He would yeah, have taken that to. Uh, well, they, they took it somewhere to get a press, just, right? Yeah. And then they didn't get a real forty-five. They had one of the, um, which they probably would have. Well, that's know? the way it was. Yeah, there's it, little, there's yeah, it just had a, a little hole in it. Yeah, and it probably would have been a seventy-eight, not a forty-five size. But yeah, yeah. anyway, they probably they played. took the liberty. Yeah, they took the liberty. But now, did you do any touring like they did in that? Were they the bus tour? Were they going city no. to city? That's is that is that a sixties? What was that whole play tone? I mean, that's where the play tone thing yeah, came I mean, from. Yeah, a but lot of groups did that. You they know, travel the around the country, the yeah. family. in buses all over the place. Yeah, mm -hmm. and go to state fair to state fair yeah. to state, state fair to state, state fair. fair. Again, they kept... you guys played a lot locally, though, right? Yeah, we played mostly locally, and we played mostly like college dances and things like that. But we started out with teen centers and CYOs, <laughs> Catholic youth organizations. Much like right. these guys in band. You're going to get us into some CYO things, like when he's like talking to the uh, bird dog and guy, yeah. which was like a conflict of interest. You get the sense that this guy essentially worked. You know, the, the manager who had a really nice camper. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you got the sense that... Um, he was essentially like a place to own scout, you know. So him as yeah, a no, he was, that he yeah. was conflict mm -hmm. of interest as a manager. What? I would say probably. Was he how long was he their manager? He wasn't their manager very, very long. For yeah. like, he was just there long enough to, to like, Tom Hanks to, to, get, the, the, to, to, to yeah. get it played on the radio. Yeah. yeah. And then to take it, you know, but was did he get it on the radio or did yes. he got it on the radio? He region. got it on the radio. Yeah. And then they went further. But I always assumed that these guys were being screwed anyway. You know, the guys in the band. Because you didn't see them really enjoying the fruits of their work. Not that they had any time. They were done. They had one hit and they everything, they were done. No, but, you know, when, I'm sure when you're on one of these, because um, I know other musicians who were like on these. The, the, the tour, the bus on, tour? On, no, on the real tours like that. Yeah. Usually like musicians in the 70s and 80s when you're on a tour like that, you're not really making any money. Mm -hmm. you know. And also the record label is paying your expenses. Right. Which then you have tour to support, pay back. Which you pay back, which mm -hmm. means you never make any money off your records. Mm-hmm. You know, because I talked to a couple people in a couple bands who probably wouldn't like me talking about, you know, who were telling me about how the finances of these bands worked. And it's like, you know, they have records, you're hearing them on the radio, and they're not making any money because they're so in the hock to the labels for the tour support. When BH1 used to run the show Behind the Music, uh -huh. that's where I first learned about that because TLC, that yeah. band, um, yeah. talked about that. They they had Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, it's a huge hit, it yeah. won all these awards, blah, blah, blah. And, um, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, who is dead now, but um, she she talked right out on camera and say, "Here's how the music business works," yeah. and she said, "And you you know you go out on tour, but then you have to pay for all the expenses they paid you, and then you have to pay for all this, yeah. and you know that that happens in in some acting things as well." Yeah. Um, the guy who played um, was it Jesse on Breaking Bad? Um, he was, yeah, 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 he got his first major role, so to speak, on Big Love. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about people were, were saying, oh, you're so famous, you're so famous. He said, and he said, when I had gotten, he said, I was, I was playing on Big Love and I had to call my parents to borrow $600 for rent <laughs> because of how little he was being paid because he wasn't a known commodity. Yeah. Well, he gets into it a little, I mean, they couldn't, die. this movie was not about the seedy side of the record business. Although yeah. they do that scene where they meet the big, big yeah, boss, God, Alex, God, what's his name? Sigh, Roko from Sigh. Godfather, right? Yeah, Is that yeah. the same yeah. Alex Roko. Right. Uh, where I he's, thought he, he's, yeah. 
Right, where yeah. you knew that that's where Paoli, I mean, that's, that was yeah. the seedy side. But again, they played that very playful. Like, even the reporters all asking questions, yeah. it was sort well, of Well, you were out at case Chasen's with Suzanne Fouchette. Hey, the it's wife's Suzanne upstairs. Right, right, well, yeah, she yeah. was working in accounting. Mm -hmm. Do you know who sentence? They were, never mind. Suzanne Fouchette. Never mind. Suzanne Don't worry Plachette. about it. Um, they didn't remember the Godfather. But he brings it up a little bit at the end when, when at the very end, when he's laying it out to guy, look, here's what it would have cost. You would have had to pay for this. You know, yeah. you guys are, you, you know, mm -hmm. you could have been in Hawk for a bit. So they get, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't I like dive the thing. It's like, your band yeah. is in breach of contract. Right. And he's and like he's, horrified. He goes, I know. Don't worry. Nobody's going right. to jail. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, but you get, what I love about this is band dynamics. Because I remember when, you know, and of course I was not a band on this level. I was a basement band guy. But it was, it, it comes down to, it's like, if the singer wanted to play a song that I didn't want to play, I would just tell them, oh, I don't, I, I don't know, I can't figure that one out. You know? <laughs> and if I wanted to play a, a song and he didn't Hear want to Hear this, it's like, oh, all past I, I, band I members yeah. of Atomic Explosion. Atomic Enema. Atomic, Atomic, Atomic yeah. Enema, sorry. Well, a lot, yeah. of, a lot sorry. of trust on that team of yours. <laughs> sorry, it's all about the explosion. Hey, well, maybe we'll show a clip of the atomic enemy. No, but that, okay, let's, we'll talk about song, scenes yeah. now. The scene where, where Guy changes the tempo of that song yeah. was just, I mean, that's such it a great, great scene. Yeah, and it's great that they followed because, you know, you know some people who would not definitely not do that. They were trying not to, well, yeah. Jimmy was trying not to follow. Yeah. And yeah. Steve Zahn was into it. He, he, he and that's a great in. beat, too. That was really... What yeah. is that? I want to know yeah. what that beat is. I Music, don't know that. Bump, bump, bump. You know, is that because it's... It, you, when, once you catch that, you hear it in everything now. Yeah. I do. And I think that is just not your normal 4-4 four, four beat that you teach a drummer how to play in, a, in an eight-week... Um, Boot camp. These guys were really playing pretty well. After, yeah. After well, they said Tanks that he really yeah. that he wanted he didn't want them to appear to be yeah. or have to shoot so that you couldn't see them playing guitar or playing bass or drums. So. Oh, it, it's funny because I was reading. You know, David Cassidy just died, and he had to like yell at Danny Bonaducci on the set of the uh, um, Partridge Family because Danny's supposedly the bass player and he's strumming the bass. Yeah. Like, so, you don't strum the bass. You know. You <laughs> Yeah, and I tell you what, and Lee, you're a bass player. Right. Practically everyone I know in the Baltimore film community is a bass player. Well, Dave I, Butler's a bass player. Well, Tom Lawazo is a bass player. Yeah, that's yeah. true, yeah. But I was a bass player because the other guy was a better guitar player. So we had two guitars <laughs> and we needed a bass. And he was better, so <laughs> I, I became the bass player. So, what, and, so you wrote songs on the guitar? Or yeah, I could play the, the guitar enough yeah. to... I know you have a piano. You play the piano? I never saw you actually. No, uh, not really. Yeah. Okay. Just it was my grandmother's piano, this beautiful antique piano. Made it. Uh, no wonder you crave every time I play like it. No, yeah. Oh, well, that's a different piano. Oh, okay. But the piano I grew up with. Okay. So then I ended up getting one. I don't know why. I don't play it. You cringe when I play the other piano because it's Al expensive. has one in his yeah. living room, too. Yeah. Piano. You, want a, you have a piano? I do have a piano. There are lots play? of free pianos on Facebook, bit. as That's I right understand. Here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I was driving down Glenmore Avenue, which uh -huh. is, you may know where that is. Yeah. There was a piano sitting out there on the sidewalk with a sign that said, please take. Somebody is it not piano season anymore? <laughs> Well, the problem is they're so it, it's so difficult to transport them. Like they're we heavy. have a piano in our house, they fall out of ceiling, windows and hit up people on the sidewalk <laughs> yeah. a lot. It's actually more expensive to, to uh, move a piano than it is to um, buy, buy it. Buy one, yeah, because you know, there's so many used pianos available. I hear there's you know plenty of used pianos. Tons. Available. Well, I bought Tons. my piano from Phil Huth, who sold pianos, who was the writer that I wrote "Life's Too Short" with. 
and he brought oh, the wow. piano in by himself. That oh, really? huge yeah. thing. Yeah, he had it on a little a, rolling um, cart, but how he ever got it in, got it up to steps. Is it a baby it, grand or like it's a? It's a baby grand. Yeah. That's why the original piano I had as a kid was upright. Yeah, yeah. we had an upright too. And then keytars. Yeah, made by Steve. I have an app now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the same thing. He can play it on his iPad. It's he like the piano same thing. On his iPad. It's the same thing as playing it. It blows up and shows me where to hit. Do the keys have the same like um, resistance as like a weight? Um, you had a weight as a um, real piano. I use my imagination. It's, All right, it's pretty much let's the get same back. Thing. Get back to the movie. Give me Sean your favorite scene. Ooh, I just, you can I, do two. I don't care. We got. Uh, I, I, we haven't I, even gone through I, the plot. I, I want to go in a different direction we need for a the minute. Plot. I want to say, I you know, there's the whole thing about you know, white people still on black people's music to make rock and roll and stuff like that. But I felt like, I know this is totally out How of left field. He's got. He's always <laughs> got to go somewhere. I guess. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go somewhere. Fine. Whatever. I thought it was cool that they had the whole interracial thing between the. Uh, the, yeah, bass the bass player, player and yeah. the, the female singer. Yeah. yeah, those seductresses. <laughs> well, and in the extended version, um, Shades walks in. Tom Everett Scott walks yeah. into his and See, we, we watched the extended version. That's why it was like two and a half hours. Yeah. Is that what I put up? It was up? two hours yes. and 40 minutes. No, I didn't watch what I put up. <laughs> no, the <laughs> other good. one is Thanks. like is like an hour Is this and the one where he shows him the film at the end? And he looks yeah, like I don't think I'd want to see the extended. No, I'd no. like to see the real movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I'm saying that's why the movie film. probably didn't uh -huh. flow as well as the shorter version. Th Thanks, sure Rob. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I had to see like uh, Charlize make love to the dentist like 15 times. I know. Uh, well, they showed, yeah, them, they showed them playing golf and they showed them, you know. She was putting up wallpaper and lowered the blinds. Who is that wallpaper? And in the short version. In the short version, you don't even better. see the dentist. Yeah. They had a baby you in this call movie. her out, yeah. and that was it. Yeah. Oh. Did um, did Tom Hanks's character was he gay in this? In yes. Mr. White. So because he, he was yes. hanging out with Howie Long. That's it was Howie Long. The extended version. <laughs> right. See, okay. I didn't know that until I watched the extended with, okay, version. Okay, so I didn't Kevin see Spacey. that version. Yeah. Did, I well, mean, you have that version right there. I, okay, I, that's what I showed you guys, but I I watched the original. I have the laser disc, which is the. I had the balloon. You watched laser disc? Yeah. I watched, I watched the Blu-ray. Why didn't you rip the laser disc? I don't rip. We don't rip, rip. things. I would rip. be illegal. Oh right, What's sorry. That I, mean? I, I don't like know what that, that version. What does that mean, rip? Yeah, I don't understand. I, I actually did not like the longer version as opposed to the shorter version. What did you like about the longer one? All the things you were, said, I don't like. There were so many scenes I that there were so many scenes that that didn't need to be in. And when you've watched, well, my husband and I have watched the shorter version. Dozens of times. I mean, we love that movie, you yeah. know. And so watching the longer version yesterday for the first time, Brad kept saying, yeah, I see why they didn't include this. Yeah, I see why they didn't include this. And, for example, um, the scene where they catch um, where he sees the bass player has been in bed with this woman, that was the only thing that even got remotely risque. And it took it out of this wholesome image that they had been, yeah. you know, because when Tom Everett Scott is making out with Charlize Theron, yeah. Theron, he goes to grab her bra strap and she says, oh, stop it, boy. And they've been dating a year. Yeah. And she gets <laughs> up and goes home. And then this guy meets this woman and he's in bed. So it gave the the whole movie kind of not a different feel, but it it, it started. There were just other facets to it. Now, the one thing, for example, um, they show Howie with picking up... Um, Tom Hanks. Tom Mr. Hanks. Yeah. So in the short version, you have no idea he's gay uh -huh. because there's no there's allusion no, no, to that. No, no. Right. Um, the other thing is in the in the longer version, at the end, 
when the band has broken up and Del Paxton comes in. Yeah. Um, and Tom Everett Scott winds up calling. Is he the one who called Clint Howard? Yeah. Um, yeah. He calls Clint Howard, the DJ, and yes, says, "I can Howard, get lovely. this. I can get this. Um, you know, on I can. I'm interviewing Del Scott, uh, Del, Del Paxton. Paxton. I can. You know, do all this." Um, he winds up interviewing all these great jazz guys and getting, the, and Clint um, Howard's character says, if you get that, I will give you a seven day a week, you know, whatever to midnight job yeah, on radio, this radio yeah. station. In the short version, when he shows up, when Tom Everett Scott Shade shows up um, to see Liv Tyler and he has all these reel to reels. You assume that it's been recordings that for he's done for music. Hours. Yeah. But yeah. it's not. It's yeah. interviews. Okay. And yeah. that was completely different. I had no idea. And you wouldn't know that he had gotten a job there. You wouldn't know. There were a lot of things. There's, there's way too much so of the bellhop like guy. Yeah. Uh, but he was yeah. great. He was in Black Diamond. Black Diamond I mean, like he's a great actor and everything. But, yeah, um, but he was in the right amount of time in the he's short version. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always a reason, right? right? We, we talked, know, that's what editing's all about. Well, we talked about Sin and Paradiso, which was the long version was too boring. They cut it down. He wins all the Oscars. So obviously... The theatrical one is the one that everybody. I, thought. I've never seen the theatrical one, so I've only seen this one. So it's like <laughs> this long. Well, now I understand your logic. I like this. I like the extra information. It was pretty interesting. He, you know, Hassan is always about more backstory. He yeah. loves information. But it wasn't right? backstory. I didn't feel no, like but he the bass had an interesting story going on, and if they focused more on him. It would have been a. Did, did he was going in the Marines. But all the stuff. But all he was st- he was going in the Marines. With well, there's a, there's a whole scene yeah. where he goes to Disneyland with the Marines. Like, they why show is that? That's in the show. They show one clip of But they show one clip. They're going down a roller coaster. But the whole thing was they they did all this stuff in the extended version with Charlize Theron that was not necessary because they don't even tell you how that ends up. It just you know this wallpaper. Yeah. But well, also, you know it, that they it works so much it, better if you just see her look at him. You see the look. You know what is going to happen. Exactly, it's, and, and that's you it. imagine it and put it together, as opposed right. to having to see it. And that's what film editing is about. It's showing what needs to be shown, and it needs to involve the viewer. Exactly. So the viewer I gets a lot about to be part me. of it. You were one of my first important clients in, well, the, good. Uh, in the world. So. Kiss up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I learned to edit on a moviola, you know, which is an upright metal machine with two big reels, and wow. and you pull the film out and you cut it with a splicer and you scotch tape it together. Was, where was, where was the audio doing? Was was audio running along that with that? Uh, that you would have a thirty-five millimeter track that had a little quarter-inch yeah. tape on it, and you would have one picture head, and you could have a number of sound heads. I had two. I could never imagine using wow. one of the uprights. How did anything I, ever I get done? I edited on the flatbeds, but never yeah. an upright one. Well, flatbeds were ten times better. Yeah. And now what you can do is just totally unbelievable. You can just do everything. You don't want to go back to those days? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the, let me that's tell you, part of the reason I'm out of business. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, but there's a flip side to that. And the flip side to that is what you talked about earlier experience. Okay? Because yeah. now what everybody does is they just throw everything in there because you can store everything. And you, you're picking as you go. I took an editing class with Ralph Rosenblum, uh-huh. yeah. and he made us ding, sit ding, for ding. hours yeah. watching dailies before we even put it in the system to edit. Now they just put everything in, and they go, well, we'll figure out in the edit suite. We'll figure it out. You know what was, And even what you don't even get is back in the days when I was editing, online editing, but still, there'd be rewinding tapes. 
Yeah. And in the rewind, you would see something and go, hey, you know, that's something I might want to use. Can't even do it. There's no rewind anymore. You're just figuring out if somebody logs everything, which I don't know how many times that happens anymore. You don't know if there's information you can use or not. It's, it's different. You know, it's easier, but it's not better, I don't think. I think you've lost some of that experience of what's, what works and what doesn't work and looking now, the, at the performance. The thing is that you can just do so much more. You oh, it's easier. Anything it's easier. But scotch tape, right. everything was a cut. If you didn't dissolve, yeah, you would draw dissolve, a, big X. a grease pencil line right. <laughs> that would go across the screen and tell you. That's a dissolve. But, but now you go beyond editing, you go into finishing. You know, and, and, and you can put things together that you never could. You could do green screen and put yeah. somebody no, there. There's no and then question. Put, it's just a the shooting, what, what the shooting, movie, have, shooting movies on these. Oh, that's what I yeah. shoot everything on. Yeah. <laughs> no, they just, they just, uh, Sonnenberg just put out a movie shot on the iPhone 7. Mm -hmm. John Legend just uh, put out a music video shot on the Pixel, the Google phone. Yeah. And they're doing it. You I know? just put out a movie on that too, if you want to check it out on my Vimeo. You got a Vimeo movie? Yeah, it's a short film. It's let's two look minutes to it. long. How's the grammar? <laughs> How's the grammar in that one? Well, let's put it up on your. Uh, Inherit to source. Inherit to source. Check out my Vimeo page. Well, here's, here's what makes <laughs> it bad version? about editing now. It's not the editing. It's the shooting. The first feature film I edited had like a four to one shooting ratio because it was shot on film. Right. So it's a 90 minute movie. There was really only about six hours worth of footage. Right. You know. And same is true. The second feature I did was also shot on film, Super 16. And that only had a little more footage. The last feature I edited, I think it's the last one. Literally, there was one scene with four people where, where there were six people, all the leads in the film were talking. And it was about a five-minute scene. But they shot it with, like, you know, two cameras the whole time. And there was literally more footage for that one scene than for either of the other two entire movies. Mm. And then it's just sloppiness. Well, partly that is yeah. the, that's the experience of the director, too. A director, really, if they know what they're doing, will only give you what they want you to use. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And to me, that shows a lot... It's a lack of vision. Well, the other oh, thing yeah. that's going on is they can shoot anything now and yeah. go, you know, what, let's remove the telephone wires. Oh, yeah. that guy's walking through there. Don't worry about it. So it's, the, you know. It, the, but, but you're right. It is The director doesn't know what to do. We can't visualize how it's going to go together. Yeah, he'll so shoot he many different ways. everything. Yeah. And then in, in the end, he's able to put it together. Right. Some, you know, sometimes they do a good job. I know a particular editor who shoots everything, a million, I mean, director. director and. He may, but they're very good in the end, but shooting them is insane. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, if I did that, I wouldn't make any money. Yeah, it's a tough... Uh, <laughs> I shoot what you need, that's it. The other big lesson Lee taught me is, like, you know, I love filmmaking, but, you, you know, but if I don't get paid for it, I won't be able to continue to do it. Right. So that's don't work fact. for free. Right. Don't well, if you work free. for free, you'll be working all the time. <laughs> People will hire you all the time when you work for free. If you yeah. go on Craigslist, you could be editing. You could edit anything you want all the time. You just won't be able to buy any food. Yeah, yeah that'll be the hard part. Oh, so you know eventually, you won't be edit <laughs> right. editing. You're stuck. You'll so, be when dead. I, so when I was writing all all these movies um, with the other writer, you know, because you know, you get all these stupid studio notes. You're making these hard. You know, you're doing your best for the scripts, and the movies are all turning out to be you know crap. And um, but the one thing the editor the um, the other screenwriter and I, we get frustrated about something, and we turn to each other and say, at least we're not in the music business. <laughs> because in the music business now, you don't get paid. You know what I mean? Well, there's a lot of, you know... And you to you're totally screwed. Do the writers the still business. get paid for or the writing credit? What, yeah. songs? Yeah. For music, we get money. Oh, oh, yeah, you this, get paid. Do they get paid more than the performers? 
generally depends how you are. Because if you're a performer, because usually there's one writer, usually, and there could be four to six performers. So if it was equal, mo equal money, you're making a vast amount more because you're also being paid as a performer. You're making as much as everybody else in the band as a performer. But then you're making the entire equal amount of money yourself. You know, but I mean, you think, is, is the music business still that? It's still bad now. It's got to be even worse with the it's digital. Worse it's got to be worse, right? I've been reading right? with people, like um, I mean, some I guy from... I hear people, I mean, uh, Wu-Tang, who's Wu-Tang Clan? What is Wu -Tang that? Wu-Tang Clan? Well, they mean, came up that? with... Oh, I don't know who they are. I know, I know. Okay, whatever. They had that <laughs> album that, that the pharmacy guy yeah, bought. Yeah, uh, Screlly or... Two million dollar album. They said this yeah, is the only one of a kind. One of a kind. They were Because they were so sick of the record business, they want to... You know, they wanted to make the money themselves, and I, it's got to be crazy to be, because the kids nowadays, my kids, they yeah. don't know about buying music. Everything's on YouTube. Yeah. And, and yours even got thrown. Yeah. <laughs> Lee's, Lee's song, eight people have, have it posted, and then he posts a version of it with all these pertinent details and all on it, and his gets yanked from they, YouTube. <laughs> so meanwhile, the people, he owns it, and the people who pirated it are still up there. Do you, <laughs> do you have any contact with the label that, like, owns that, or...? Um, my son said he, he, know, he knows computers, I don't. And he said, when I get home, he's in New Orleans working. When I get home, I'll get it back on for yeah, you. Yeah, he'll figure it's it out. It's easy to do. Yeah, yeah but I'm I mean, sure. you're still getting royalties. You were, at least, at least when I, we were working together, you were still getting some royalty checks. I don't think I am anymore. You know, I was for a long, it was amazing how many years you'd get, you know, a few dollars. It was nothing but. He's I don't know. Getting it for $15 don't know. from Croatia? Yeah. I mean, that's a small uh, place. That was a check. Wait, wait. That was a check you were going to steal? A $15 check? <laughs> yeah, that was a He did steal. That was a petty crime. I can get away with that. You know? I get a hand slap on that. You steal over a $500 check. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a, a problem. Crime. Wait, a problem. I guess if you wanted to, could you buy the master recording? Actually, Lee. <laughs> so, wait, I'm, I'm it's interested. like a detective. I have no idea. There is a law that anything that's been out for more than earlier than, and now it's up to 1978, that the artist can have the rights reverted right, back so, to them. So that would happen with Two for the Money? Yeah. I could do that if I wanted no, to? No, I know it's for music, but not necessarily for movies. Okay, all right, well. No, but like the guy who wrote Funky Town got the rights back, and Paul McCartney finally settled with Sony about the music rights because he was going to, he was suing to have all of his, um, oh, the rights, returned. and they made a, con they, they made a settlement that they can't talk about. Yeah. So, but now, but see, and I know people in a band called Face Dancer, which was a capital artist. They had a big regional hit. and um, It's a great name. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know they were trying to um, see about securing. Because they're, they're within that copyright period now where they can get their masters back. But I believe their contracts were so screwy. You know, it's like, who has a copy of the original contract? Anybody? Nobody has a copy of the contract. You know, this and that. Mm -hmm. So I think for you, to, you could probably easily get your rights back. Mm -hmm. But you'd have to prove that you were the band, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. not have to get the signature well, of all yeah. the survivors. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do with it. Yeah, and then, But, yeah. you know, we also forgot we did a, uh, a TV show called Iron John Cruising, oh, yeah. which was about four old guys cruising the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, and we had a... A pilot episode which they aired on uh, Chesapeake Bay Week on, on uh, MPT. commercial on what's called yeah MPT MPT Maryland Public Television, and they did it for three years and aired it a lot, but we could never sell it because nobody wanted old people. Oh, you had a hilarious story. <laughs> so you put, put it on yeah I put YouTube, it on YouTube for me yeah, yeah. yeah, but so they went to travel. Okay, and at that time. Um, 
So they showed it, and they're like, hey, good thing, but you know, you're too old. I said, our problem with our network is our most successful show is that travel show with John Ratzenberger. It's the most successful show it's, on their network, it's ridiculous. and they want to get rid of it because Ratzenberger's old. Instead of saying, what's our biggest hit, how can we do more things like our biggest hit, because that's what people like best. Oh, no, no, they just decide what yeah, they well, let's like. let's get rid of our and biggest then they, hit. Let's get rid of our big. And she told us, first of all, we walked in and met her, and she said, oh, is this the thing about the old guys? And she didn't realize that two of us were two of the old guys. Cool. And, uh, is there a and, and then... She said, this is our biggest hit, whatever that was. Yeah. And she said, I can't wait for it to drop in the ratings so we can get rid of it. <laughs> and you just want to say, oh you gosh. are a moron. Uh. And, so, and it's, that's is the most popular thing yeah. I have done. Anybody I've showed it to, they like it better than Homicide. They like it better than anything I've ever done. Well, and some things are slowly starting to change. Um, when I interviewed Norman Lear, ding, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> a ding. couple years ago... Um, <laughs> Now, Norman Lear, who at, at, for years in the 70s had eight of the top ten shows, yeah, okay, um, couldn't get anyone to uh, bite for the show idea he had called Guess Who Died. And, <laughs> and it was about a group of older folks, you know, who would have been friends and blah, blah, blah. It finally got picked up somewhere, and I'm not exactly sure where, but it took him years. It took him years. And I, uh, I worked with his niece. His niece came to Baltimore uh -huh. in the art business. And, uh -huh. and uh, Suzanne Lear. There you go. <laughs> and that's who her mm -hmm. uncle was him. Mm -hmm. Pretty wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't understand how, I understand how, you know, they say marketing, okay, the 18 to 34, then it was 18 to 49, now it's 18 to... to... 69. That's no, <laughs> Why do I even come back? Why do I even come back? It's because, like, women with labor, I forget what the experience was the last time, and I think it was joyous and wonderful. <laughs> I love that she described this as labor. <laughs> okay. I'm disappointed you're not in costume this time. Uh, yeah, we should have all worn red. We look great in red. Did I tell you that? I need a theme. No, but so... But, you know, the thing about this age thing, there's been more studies mm -hmm. that essentially proves that older people actually have more disposable. Like, exactly. Duh. Yeah, more to, it, yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know, when I was in my, when sense. Brad and I were in our 20s, we didn't have a ton of disposable. We weren't income. thinking about going like, on a cruise yeah, or exactly. you know, buying a new car. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we need to get back to favorite scenes. You know what you guys sound like? You guys sound like old people complaining. Yeah, well, yeah. well, <laughs> oh, see, yeah. see this Gen X Shots thing fired. here? Yeah, I'm young. You're, you're I'm not young, quite, Gen you're X. not Gen X. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to bring that up. No, every he's time, every time young you people. call me old, I'm going to bring up the you fact old. that you are I said, not Gen X. You sound like old people complaining. Yeah, I understand ages of this. Get off my lawn, that's right. You acknowledge that we're actually young. So you want to get back to the movie? I want to get back to the movie. Goodness. A couple quick fun facts. Um... Jonathan Sheck, uh, did you know he was born and raised in Edgewood? No. Maryland, yes. He married his third wife. His first wife was Christina nice. Applegate. Right. His second wife, oh. they were married for like a month. And his <laughs> third wife, who he's been with and has a child, they got married in Ocean City. And Is that so actually, wrong? Plaza? Is that so wrong? Yeah, on the beach? On the boardwalk? <laughs> I'm ignoring all of you. Um, I just, <laughs> um, but he he's, actually, a, he's a local, he's a, he's a Marylander. 
Yes. And one of the things um, I read, because, see, I actually prepare for this stuff. I thought um, those. I just never referred <laughs> to them. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> was the reason he, he got the role was um, at the end when the band is breaking up and he says, here, Mr. White, this My is for you. Scene. And he goes, <laughs> I quit. I quit. <laughs> that's what he did in his audition, and yeah. that's how he got the role. It's a Thank great. You. That's that's my f second favorite scene. First one is when they're running around after they yeah, hear it on the radio. Yeah. Steve's on, grabs the the placard girl. He's in. Steve's right, on. These right. are all that's expensive. Right. That's like I said, these were all these were all first timers. I think the five guys and the four people in the band. Yeah, I think it was their first film, mm. or very very early. I know Sharice Sher Sher Delon. This is one of her first one. Yeah, Liv Tyler. I think probably had done a couple before yeah. this. And the other guys were all first-timers, and Steve Zahn has gone to the roof. And, great. Yeah. Steve Zahn was great. Yeah. And one of yeah, my favorite yeah. scenes is when, um, when uh, <laughs> Jimmy is showing them, no, the wonders. And he's like, yeah, looks like O'Neaters. And yeah. he said, no, no, no. And he writes it, wonders. And he said, yeah, okay, still looks like O'Neaters. And then when somebody calls it O'Neaters, he goes, no, O'Neaters. <laughs> yeah. I know. Or like, I wonder hilarious. what happened to wonders. Oh, like, I wonder what happened to, to the O'Neaters. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, now, was this I written by Tom Hanks? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's really... It's it's a it's a happy Tom movie. Hanks? I feel like the mod the drummer was modeled after Tom Hanks. Well, you know, like the story I told was, he didn't want to hire him because he looked too much like Tom Hanks. And Rita Wilson oh. talked him into and it. And Rita said he's she great. Said he was cute. And she's the one that he flirts with in the uh, cocktail bar. She's yeah. a cocktail waitress. That's that's Tom Hanks' wife. But if you read about it, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. In real life. Oh, no, I didn't know. Yeah, that was, was his oh, wife. Yeah, my, yeah. That was my um, yeah. Rita, Tom. And, and actually, Rita's his son, um, Colin, Colin is in it. He's the usher. He escorts um, Liv, Liv Tyler, Tyler down to her seat. I'm, if you watch the extended version, no, he's he in does. there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but in the short version, you have to be looking for him to see him. I, I really wish I would have watched the short. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The short version is fantastic. That is a great. Yeah, I wish you had seen it. I'm sorry, I confused you. You know what? My favorite scene might be the, um, though it's a short scene, the scene in the camper. You know. <laughs> when they're signing. Yeah, when and Zahn was all in all the time, right? Steve Zahn was, was always so, all in. <laughs> it was, was Lenny. So Lenny. Yeah. Good Lenny. Comedically, yeah. his timing, his voice. <laughs> a guy in a real. I'm sorry. I'm a guy in a really nice camper wants me to sign this contract. I'm signing. You're, you're signing. We're all signing. signing. <laughs> Even his little thing he did in the airport bar where they start the song up and he goes. Pizza, table 19, yeah. your pizza's <laughs> better. Or like when, when they're doing the TV interview and he goes, and are you, what do you think of the video? Oh, I'm not oh, with these guys. I got a pig. Did you catch that Tom Hanks' bosom buddy partner was in the movie? Yeah. Peter Scolari? Peter Scolari. Yeah, where was he? He played the, one the of the, one of the hosts. Of the oh. actual TV show. And what yeah. about um, our friend, yeah, the one they were on. Breaking Bad, he was the astronaut. Um, yeah, yeah, Buzz, yeah, yeah, Brian Cranston played it. He played not Buzz Aldrin, he played Doug Christmas. Doomed, Gus Doomed, yeah. yeah. I liked uh, Steve Zahn's line when they were asking him uh, all their uh, ins musical inspirations. Yeah. <laughs> and he mentioned the shooters. Actually, fun fact, because I like to throw in fun facts. Um, uh, Captain, Captain, what was it? Skeech, Captain Skeech and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. That's named Captain, whatever Skeech, whatever, was one place and. The Shrimp Shack was another place. They were two different places when um, Tom Hanks was filming um, Forrest Gump. So he made that band named after them. Oh. 
That's good. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's breaking it personal. But you know what? I think you know to Lee's point. I think Hanks must be a drummer because he took song credit for that "I'm Spartacus," which is just a drum thing. Mm. Oh. Hank, you know, oh, if you did look he? Up I yeah. see that. You know, so I mean, that looked like a jam. You know what I mm. mean? As opposed mm. to like a composition. But mm -hmm. if you look on the credits, he like. You mean Hanks, when he does a thing at the you, end where you he know, starts before before Del Paxton comes yeah. in? Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, so Hanks takes composing credit on yeah. that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Then again, if no one else does. Wow. Well, listen, he, I think this is one of his best. You know, even yeah, his acting is, in this movie. I thought he was, I just liked him as Mr. White. I didn't think Tom Hanks before this movie could come off as anything but nice and kind. And, yeah. and when, he's, when he's doing the squinty eye thing yeah. and stuff, oh, he's, he was great. Well, you always felt like he had a, he, the seedy side of the business. I yeah. always felt yeah. like that that was always there. And he was kind of protecting these guys. He liked them, it seemed. Yeah. And he was kind of protecting him. I'm just, I was just and assuming the whole time he's screwing them the whole time. Even though he yeah. likes them, he's doing them. But that's just the nature of the business. <laughs> but, that's I mean, Tom Petty right, was saying, um, that's staying camera. in. That's staying in. It's all in. It's shooting the but back of my receiver. Tom Petty was talking to one of the guys who did that whiter shade of pale, Proko Harm. Guy wanted to manage him. And he's, Tom Petty was saying, this guy taught me so much about music, taught me how to lock the bass in with the drums, and, you know, it was so useful. And he really wanted to manage me. He's like, but he's one of these, but he was an old, wanted to be an old school manager where the manager makes all the money. <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's like he couldn't sign with them. But in the old days, you definitely get screwed. Now you get screwed in another way because so many people are consuming music on like YouTube and things like that where you get like, you know, right. It's like, no, no. it's point zero zero one cent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Per view. Or All right. Well, we'll just stick. This zeros. movie then was the happy time for music, right? We'll just we'll just what, stay within the thing. I mean, I think the happy time. How was happy were they? That's when people really started making. That's because you were on the, drugs. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, she's not. I'm kidding. I didn't know him in the '70s. I was a little kid. <laughs> was that's right. Are you sure? I thought you were born in the '80s. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Because you're the Gen X person, right? Well, he says he's a generous person. <laughs> it's my podcast. Like I keep you? saying, I don't think they had a name back then. You're a baby boomer, though. I guess. Caveman, it's probably a baby. Boomer. <laughs> yeah. Caveman, Caveman generation. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So, um, hey, but you know, you know, before we get back to the movie, so what, did you enjoy your time in music? I loved it. It was the most fun you could have with your clothes on. Yeah, we always said. <laughs> did you yeah. have your clothes on a lot of time? When did I have my clothes on? <laughs> did you have your clothes on a lot of the time? Oh, yeah. No, we had our clothes on all the time. Ah. But we also, you were talking <laughs> about black music and, and we, popular music when we started the band and for most of the band was soul music and rhythm and blues. And mm -hmm. We played nothing but that. We didn't play, I don't know if we played any white music. And so sometimes we'd show up for jobs. <laughs> they were... Who are these oh, white guys? Oh, we what are you guys doing where's here? Where's the band? Yeah. But our record was totally white. <laughs> For whatever reason, we wrote it. Well, nobody but you, nobody but you could have been. But but life's too short. It was definitely a white guy. Didn't you open up for like a lot of the um, soul and R and B groups or something? We yeah we we would do things like at the place called the Dixie Ballroom or uh, the uh, what was the one on downtown? Uh, Galaxy. I can't think. No, no, Hippodrome was a movie theater okay. at that time, but a big place. But anyway, bands would play. We played with the Drifters. We played with wow. a ton of them. I can't remember all of them. And, uh, and we, would, we would play, and then they'd play a set, and then we'd play a set. So they got time off. Oh, wow. What the heck was that place called on 
on Calvert Street, I think it was, right there near Reed Street. I know what huge, you're talking about. Huge, yeah. huge. They had they had all I'll these floors. They had a swimming pool in like the fourth <laughs> basement down, and we played there with the Drifters, and we Alcazar Ballroom. Okay, yeah, yeah. And and we would, uh, you know, we do our set. And we'd have a bathing suit, speaking of wearing clothes, we had a bathing suit on <laughs> under our band uniforms. You had band uniforms in those days. And uh, we'd go down and swim. And then we'd come into our set. Yeah, with those it electric instruments. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Unbelievable. When did you find out the Beatles? The, the, you read the thing about the page 400, whatever. Yeah. When did you find out the Beatles covered the... I, you know, I can't even remember who told me, but somebody, told you. was it you? All right, all right. well then you said, to... go go to the bookstore, get this book, go to page 400 and whatever, <laughs> and read it. And so I went in the bookstore. I never bought the yeah. book. <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> I photographed that And thing. I read it. Yeah, I photographed it. Yeah, and I, uh, and I have... Uh, and I sent you that thing. There was a long biography of your band from that, like, Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore, yeah. yeah I can't remember that. But, you know, but... Um, I gotta believe that he based this on something that Tom Hanks probably was in a band, because it was like you it's said, a it's love very for a band. That's and right, like, and, and but, why but bands break up? And it seems you know very realistic. I mean, yeah. it was a little the love story angles, you know, all that stuff. It's a they little had innocent, to, but it was great. That, that whole was that innocent. Thing. I gave you a thousand kisses. That's the only. Yeah, thing that, yes. Just oh, like, you know what? It's funny too, because that's the thing. I, that's to me the only. Is, scene. It the same, the is it the same exact scene in the uh, short version? It's when he finds out that uh, Jimmy's engaged Ooh. or no, something. I, I, yeah, yeah, I know that part, but I mean her her monologue. I, think, is I hope it wasn't any longer. Some of this, it is. Some of this was based on the There's Beatles. Yeah, the, yeah, that's a little too long. In the, yeah, in the short version, it's too. Some of this yeah, was based the, on I don't the Beatles think, because and that, that same thing happened to John Lennon. He's engaged or whatever come yeah. from the, yeah. the Beatles being yeah. on Ed Sullivan, and, yeah. it's a and they introduced the names. Yeah, and then ladies, they said, he's married. Yeah. It was on Something John like Lennon. That, yeah. Yeah. I want to know, really, did he? Could he really see that while he's playing? I don't. Yeah, I could he not. really see no, that thing? No, right. No. So that's the one. Know, that's what movie, how movies work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I know. You got to fake it out. I know. Force things and people don't get it if you distract their attention and it seems unbelievable. But that speech to me is like the, you know, is the false moment of the film. It just doesn't. It but they were setting that up the whole. You knew no, that yeah, guy was no, going to get together. No, here's the thing: the in speech. the long version, they were setting it up the whole time. In the short version, it wasn't nearly as obvious. Well, I mean, it was okay. I only saw the short version, and for me, it was obvious right from the get-go. When know, she it, gave him the first donut in that, when he first comes to the band in the garage. You, you knew the bologna yeah. sandwich scene? Yes, the bologna sandwich and scene. And she's like, oh, yeah. as much as that. But also face, when she like, says, oh, the wonders. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. whatever his name was. Yeah, the wonders. Yeah, it's the one false note, but I'll give him that one because the rest of it was just so, is you know, so fun. And I, well, I still in the listen. the long version, here's what she was saying to him. He goes, oh, I wasted a thousand hours doing. A thousand you know, kisses. No, wallpaper, doing a thousand hours doing wallpaper. Oh, no, sorry, that was the first girl. Didn't she do Dennis Wallpaper or something? Yeah, she did. That was, are we back to Mother? <laughs> no. <laughs> I am glad I did not see that movie. Did you, did you watch uh, our podcast of it? No, why would I watch the podcast if I don't want to see a movie with it where you eat a baby? I don't want to see that's that. That's not even the point. I don't yeah, even that's care. That's not Oracle. It's not about the baby. But they did, you know... They did eat a baby, just didn't see yeah. the part. The yeah. church thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 they all eat babies. Um, did we hit all our favorite scenes? We are talking about a movie, well, no, right? Well, let's talk a bit. Let's have us each go. Now, what did you think of the film, Al, since you're in the far corner? It, was, saw the he, it was fun, but it was too long. 
If I would have saw the short, if you would have seen the short version, I would have probably liked it a lot more. You would, because I love the movie and I didn't like I, the long version. Yeah, I I love Steve Zahn. He's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I I think everybody did. Did you ever see him good... in Happy Texas? Mm-mm. Oh my God! Can I suggest the movie Happy Texas? I think you already did. You just okay, did. Well, I'm suggesting <laughs> that's the one where they play robbers, but they have to fake like they're clowns or something. They what have to fake that they're um, gay men who oh. run a. Um, uh, a little girl. Um, oh, pageant. Pageant. Right, right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hilarious. No, it's not creepy. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's not like it's not like Jean Benet. They're like and clowns and, and they drive by in a like... convertible. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, that's another movie. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I guess seeing. I'd have to say the jumping and the. That was the, such a good scene. Yeah, the other, it, was, it made me happy. Yeah. It's like. Seeing them so excited to hear their music, and then even the parents were happy for them. Like. Uh, Who's the actor that was in that scene where he's selling the TV? The guy's in all of Barry Levinson's movie. It's an older he, guy. He's in Donnie Darko, too. He plays his dad. He's in all about? of Barry Levinson's movies. He's, he's the old guy great. that's buying the TV. I don't want oh, I want the black and white. TV. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think you're talking about his dad. No, no. The old too. guy that's buying the TV is in... I'm trying to think what other movies he's done with Barry Levinson. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch yeah. the movie again just to see. He's one of those, I don't want that old Victrola. I want to... He goes, Gunsmoke shouldn't be in color. It should stay in black and white. I don't need to see that guy is in all of uh, uh, yeah. no, check look, it out check don't it watch out. the long version watch the short version I don't version, have it, I, oh. <laughs> it's um, a YouTube compilation yeah favorite scene I have three I, the jumping okay. around scene you're a guest you can have three the jumping yeah. around scene it's, yeah. it's great just a joy um, the I quit yeah, oh, that's so I good. quit that's great and Steve's on when he when he says yeah, looks like looks like O'Neaters. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just it, and anything, almost anything with Steve Zahn in the, in this movie, I just yeah. love. Yeah, I, I love him he... talking to that girl too. He's trying to make time with her. Yeah. She's everybody else. <laughs> and he right. says, "I'm single." And she right. said, "What about the bass player, Mary?" Yeah, he was he was consistently good throughout. Um, Do you think that somebody wasn't good throughout? I don't think Sharice. I mean, she played a. You know that was well, a. She's only in the in this version. I know, but it was so minutes. over the top. You knew it was just so over the top about how she was going to be the, you know, she was going to end up with somebody else. You just knew she was so bored, like you're saying in the she long one, the so bra strap, right? But you know, she looks good, and I think he picked her for that. She was a good, you know, good foil for guy, I guess. Yeah. It also shows guys' humanity by ending up with, yeah, uh, and they end up. What a jazz conservancy or something, whatever yeah. happens they after start, the credits. Yeah. Well, that explains at least the long version explains because you know. I don't care how good a drummer he is. L.A. was like packed with great drummers like Hal Blaine and all. Mm-hmm. For a guy like that who just had one hit with a band like that to become mm-hmm. a, like a, a session player. Well, but he also yeah. met Del Paxton, and I think yeah. that that probably, you know, again, yeah, we, jazz world a we could do. We could, yeah, but that, I think he would need that DJ. intermediate right. step for the years it takes to like. Right. Reach that point of success out there, because well, we don't know how long they were talking about them yeah. getting together. Because I think Steve's on. They said get divorced three times or something yeah. in that or yeah. something. Yeah, they, 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 they cut out the single. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the what? They cut out the whiplash part. Yeah, where the guy. Tra- we'll <laughs> see that movie. See, he's a he's a he's a baby. Oh, whiplash! I've seen. He's whiplash. a Gen X guy. He hadn't seen that movie yet. Whiplash, I saw. He hasn't seen any movie that's been released since Laserdisc. Ah, oh, right. <laughs> if it's not on Laserdisc, it's not a real movie. Oh, so I guess Slapshot's on Laserdisc. Yes, right? it is. So, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's I on have, Disco Vision, is it? Yes, I have three versions of that on Laserdisc. You're going to be at the rebuttal. Yeah. You'll be fine. I can't yeah. wait for that we one. We need to chip in so you can get some help, dear. <laughs> no help in the world. 
<laughs> not going to work. So did right, you say so your scene? I did same, same. The, the scene where they f hear it on the radio. Yeah. Fantastic. And the, uh, the I quit. I quit. So good. I quit. I quit, Mr. White. I just thought that was yeah. he, the way they he held on it. It didn't, uh, you know, it, it just. He didn't. was so smarmy. Yeah, he, he was. He him. was a total dick, but he <laughs> ends up becoming the more I'm successful one. The accomplished one. The accomplished one. Yeah, yeah, he finally got the group named he wanted. Yeah, the birds, mm -hmm. yeah. except yeah. it was spelled differently. <laughs> yeah. right. I I love the whole band names discussion. Yeah. <laughs> like deciding on one band name. Yeah. Oh, I was already in a band called that. They sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like Spinal Top. We were in the band called The Originals, but then we discovered there was already a band. So we became the New Originals. But I also, okay, my other favorite scene is every time they did that thing you do. Yeah. That's I just, I just, I can't believe how many times they played it. Eleven. And, <laughs> Eleven? Two full times. Only two times did Good they great. go through the whole That's song. That's a lot. Yeah. They played it eleven And times. I never got sick of it. Well, was yeah. that song a hit record as well as the movie? No, it, 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 actually, it actually did chart. It charted, I think, at the top 40, but I don't think I see a lot of, you go to YouTube, there's a lot of covers. Yeah, it, it was nominated for an Oscar. People do a lot of covers yeah. for uh, that. I'll tell you what, that is not an easy song. There are, you know, I hate to say, a lot of chords in that song. It's so funny. I just listened to um, the I can play it. Galaxy. Who's those? The ga what's the Galaxy? Guardians movie? of the Galaxy. That first album. Yeah. The Raspberries. Have you heard the Raspberry yeah. song that's on that no. album? It sounds a lot like... I yeah. mean, it's that same th that thing you do kind of pace yeah. that's going on. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's that's around the same time, I think. No, that, Eric that's Carmen? like 71. Really? Eric yeah. Carmen? Somebody out there is probably mad. No, no, Who cares? Nobody's watching. Yeah, no, catch it. It's just <laughs> us. Wait a minute. We just have, all, I think. Three? We, I think we have as many as 18 subscribers on YouTube. Really? Yeah. Nice. Wow. How I many have, of us are there? Remember, I have, <laughs> I have five kids, so there's yeah. five right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lee, is there any, any... What are your favorite scenes, Lee? See, in a movie, I have a hard time having a favorite scene. Okay. I like them all. That's why you kept and, them in. Which is why I like the movie. If I had to have a favorite, it might be them running down the street. That mm. was very fun. Yeah. But I just mm -hmm. like so many things that happen. I'm just sitting there laughing and, yeah. uh, you know. It's literally, I mean, he says, you know, it's, it, I just feel like I'm snapping through the whole movie. Yeah, it keeps going. Yeah. Even, the, even the secondary songs, like yeah. the one about the uh, Mr. Mr. Downtown. Yeah, Mr. That, Mr. Downtown. Downtown was fun. Right? Yeah. That's great. And the other one, he, the, the, Tom Hanks does this thing in one of the songs where he's, yeah. you know, he gets into yeah. it. I just love that scene. It's yeah. not that thing you do. It's another song they did. Yeah, yeah. it was a different one. Yeah. yeah um, some but of all those songs, songs were pretty were good. good. That's yeah, what I'm I saying. They were good. All and, good songs. Yeah. And the, the, who was the name of the African American group that he would go and visit? The Chantels. The Chantels. The Chantelanes. The Chantelanes. They have a song that's, you know, the yeah. people playing them had a song on there. It's, it's a good album. It's a nice album, actually. Yeah, I didn't like Diane Dane, Dane stuff. As didn't much. you? I like that, too. Well, yeah. I mean, I just. Not as much, but. Yeah. Oh, you hate her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so. Because, you know, she was leading poor Jimmy astray. Yeah. yeah. It probably took a great deal of effort. You know? Yeah, I'm sure that was. <laughs> he true. was looking to better deal her immediately, you know. <laughs> and everybody to a person just talks about how what a great guy Tom Hanks is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all the actors said the same thing. You know, he Lee, put. Did he, you ever meet Tom Hanks? No, unfortunately, I've met a lot of them through Barry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, him and him. And, uh, you pointing at us up there? Or, oh no, <laughs> that. Oh, Robert Redford. Yeah, Robert Redford. Redford. I've heard of those guys. All right. We're riding around a car. Robert Redford's driving. He's driving like a maniac. 
And I'm thinking, oh, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm with Robert Bradford. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Did you ever hear of a guy called James Dean? Oh, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, ridiculous. Oh, you, know, you know why I got, you know, I knew Lee long before when I was just a guy, a, a boy producer in an advertising agency. But um, where I gained credibility with Lee was because I had an agent, um, the late Stu Robinson. And he took my script a long drive out to Hollywood. The first person he sent it to was um, Barry Levinson because they were trying to find the material for a um, follow-up teaming of Paul Newman and Tom Cruise. So they thought my script oh, wow. would be good for that. And I got this nice letter. My agent sent me a return letter from um, Barry Levinson praising my screenwriting. Of course, I didn't believe it. So I took it over to Lee's because I knew Lee knew Barry. And I'm like, is this Barry's signature? And he's like, yes, it is. I'm like, all right. I hung up on my wall quite a long time. Awesome. Then after wow. that, Lee invited me out to write a script with the West Roads, took us out on a sailboat. He gave me a tumbler of martinis about this big. I think it took me two days to drink it because you know, I'm not much of a drinker. Yeah, and, okay. um, and everybody on the boat got to steer it except for me. I don't think I was. You were working on the because you weren't drinking. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. you got to drink a little bit. They thought I was but... too sober to steer the boat. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, that's, you got to be careful. <laughs> it's a riot. So. And every time I got on your boat, Lee, I lost something. Like my glasses would fall off the side. <laughs> you know. Oh, and Lee's poor son <laughs> went in because it was near your pier, and he dived in to try to get my glasses, and, and he got stung by all those jellyfish. Oh, oh, was that Alex? Yeah, I think that was Alex. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Bad Did luck. they let Jeez. you back on the boat? That's no, miracle. actually, Lee stopped letting me on after a while. And I'm like, I better leave my phone here. I don't want to lose that. You know? So I was always very careful. Uh, we were on a race with this guy, and he just had a brand new pair of topsider shoes, you know, yachting shoes. And he and he caught the heel of his shoe on a lifeline, and this shoe flipped and fell into oh. the water. And we're in a race. There's no way we're going to go back and get his shoe. <laughs> and then we felt kind of bad later, but... Yeah, you can't stop the boat. You stop the boat for that? No. Yeah, not in no, race. It's gone. <laughs> gone. So, um, uh, is it time for us to vote? Have we? Uh, no voting. Yeah, we uh, we do a little. Uh, this this original podcast was based on Jaws, but we couldn't use the title for what we wanted to do. But we're sticking with our rating system, which was yellow barrels. How many yellow barrels? Five and a half. You know, five or a half, you know, it's one or a half. There's no quarters. These guys like to do seven-eighths. Oh, it's like so, one, in, one barrel and three. That's right. One and three-quarter barrels or one and whatever, fifth-eighth, whatever. And three Al, how many barrels? You did the long ones. This is going to be a little kind of skewed. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he, I'm going to give he it didn't uh, see the movie. two and three-quarters, and I'll give the short version three and a half. Uh, do you, have you seen the short version? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I can imagine what it would be like. That's fair. Yeah, you don't have to see it to vote for it. Come on. I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Three and a half, not star barrels. Uh, <laughs> barrels. What do we got to do? What do I got to uh, do? And you're the young one. Well, that explains it. You can't it. remember. Right. What's going on? We I have can't. short attention spans. I, can't. Oh, I thought it's you said bong. weed. It's all that bong residue. I thought you said weed. I said we can't. Okay, oh. I'm sorry. Five. Five barrels. I love this movie. Oh, but you're I rating have seen a short one. This movie. Yes. The short one, absolutely. Short one. Yeah. The short one is the, the movie. short one. The other yeah. one. The long one, two. Really? Wow. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, there's just too much extra stuff. Yeah, we it's... did that to you on Cinema Paradiso, too, so you're getting, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I, I say know. five, and whenever the song comes on... This is as good as Jaws for you. You always do that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Jaws is my top shark movie. Yeah. Slapshot, my top hockey movie. That's this is my wrong. top movie about records. Uh, young Erie Band in did Pennsylvania come up Ducks? with a hit. Five. <laughs> yeah. I hated Mighty Ducks. 
Five. Did you ever see the, the Miracle on Ice one? That... You know what? Yeah, can I just say the hockey movie I forgot to mention that I should have? Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> That's a classic, and I, I want to bring that up now. I feel bad. Uh, directed by Peter Hyams, I think, who also directed 2010 and some other movies. I'm just I got he, he ends up being like he plays a goalie. He ends up being a goalie in the movie. I'm sorry, Lee. We always get off on these tangents. Yeah, no problem. Um, up to five barrels. I said barrels. five barrels, yes, because it makes what? me happy. When I hear this album, if, I, if I'm driving yeah. and that thing you do comes on, that beat just gets me every single time. I love it. Yeah, I think I would give it five barrels. All right. I'm going to give this five barrels, too. This wow. is my top eerie band movie. See? <laughs> right? You know, it's, it's How a close you have my top band and my top rock and roll movie, which is almost famous. That's a good one. You know, That's a real good one. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but as an eerie band, you've number five, right? Yeah, five definitely. barrels. Yeah, no, five I agree. Barrels. I agree. Five do, I hear, do I hear the theme music starting to come under us now? We can. No, we got to also mention that oh. we have a Twitter account. Oh, yes. Look, please look us up at. At. Why? <laughs> Jesus. Every time. Y-K-Y podcast. podcast. Y-K-Y podcast. Yeah, and also look us up on Facebook and YouTube. I'll tell you what. We're trying to get a million followers. We're only 999,912 more to go. We're almost there. A yeah. million followers. Then we're actually going to be able to make some money on this. We one. make money. We can get off the pool table, maybe buy a hat or two. We're trying to get hats. Hey, what are, where are our hats? Uh, production. had a production problem. The logo. Did you get small. them in China? No, no, no. They're, yeah, they're now forty-seven dollars a piece. Yeah, because the, the <laughs> they went up the tariff. tariff. <laughs> the tariff. If we get them through Ivanka, no problem. Yeah, we get them uh, for free. Um, How about our Instagram and all? Social media crew. Yeah, our uh, Instagram is a uh, YKY podcast. Okay, he knows it as well as I do. Uh, <laughs> just go to the website yippiekayemotherpodcast.com. You go down the bottom. The Twitter account's there, the YouTube account's there, the Instagram account. If you want us, we'd like some subscribers on iTunes. That's the hardest thing to get. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's been tricky. If hey, you're looking for the photo iTunes. of me, that should be on there at some point because I'm going to bug the living crap out you're of it. Whenever you're a guest, I put it on there. You want to be on this? You yes. want to be? You want to be a main? You're not a Gen Xer. Oh, my God. Here we go again. I am. Officially, I am. Yeah. You're not. He, saw, um, he, he, he looked it up on Wikipedia. I wrote it. I mean, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Uh, Lee, Lee thank you very much. Like anything, anything you'd like to promote? Is there a... <laughs> no. Lee would like a job How anywhere. About Anybody want to hire Lee as a director? Yeah, they're out of business. Okay. You still have a website? Um, Wojo, no. how do we reach you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter, at the Michelle Wojo. Or I have a website, Wojo's World. Have to update it. Wojo's World. Wojo's World. <laughs> I like it. Come on, some Harvard. Snappy. Snappy. What else fell? Wojo World. <laughs> Something Wojo fell. World. Oh, that's all right. That's fine. Not a camera. <laughs> the cameras are falling everywhere. I quit. I quit shooting. I quit. I quit. And we're done. Quit. <laughs> uh, okay, that's it. I think we're done. Yes, it is. Lee, thank you very much. Wojo, thank you very much. Uh, and we'll see you again.